The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Charlotte, you drive like old people make love. Mom, I'm only 15. I get nervous. Mary O'Brien, she dances around naked, screaming about her boyfriend's quivering loins. Shut up, Charlotte. Shut up. And I want to stay! And do what? Finish high school! Great start! What's your major, town tramp? Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Isla Addington. And I am Tobin Addington, and we have a guest I am so excited uh, for you all to meet if you haven't or uh, or enjoy with us today. Uh, our guest is an artist. So tell me if I'm missing anything. An artist, a filmmaker, a scholar, an activist, a graphic novelist, a podcaster, and a stand-up comedian. Yeah, we have with I us- think you hit it. Did I get it all? Yes. Yeah. We have with us uh, Lenny Peppers. Hi, Lenny. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. This is very exciting. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about mermaids from 1990. Classic. Cher. Winona Ryder. Christina Ricci. I can't wait to get into the Cher. (laughs) Lenny, had you seen mermaids before you watched it for this podcast? Uh, I have. Um, My mom is like a... She she was a legislator for many years, but like the thing that always brings us together, like was watching mermaids with her, like at least once a year. That's awesome. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Um, gosh, I think I was like Winona Ryder's age at the. I think I watched it in wow. like that time frame. I was like fifteen or sixteen when I watched it. Okay, cool. Very cool. Tell Isla, me, how about, about you? you? Oh, well, man, look what we did there. We, we tossed it to each other. Why don't how you about you, Joe? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I will. Um, so Mermaids is a, is a movie, the poster of which I've always, or the, I should say the VHS cover of which I've always known. Like it feels that burned into my brain. And I know I have seen pieces of it walking through the room as our mother watched it more than once on VHS at around at around the time it came out. So I knew, but, but, and we'll get into this, but uh, when we, when we start talking about the movie, my conception of what the movie was is different from what the movie actually is in a number of ways, because it was just sort of cultural osmosis and Addington household osmosis by which I knew this, this movie. So um, I saw it for the first time two days ago in its entirety, um, but I've seen bits of it, and pieces of it and the and the and the cover of the box more frequently. Isla, what about you? I would say mine is very similar and that I think it was a, a hole in my Winona Ryder fandom. Um and I don't quite know why, other than that it had been around, but I don't believe I was invited to watch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or I or maybe it just didn't catch me uh, as a child. I don't I don't know what but it was my fault, one way or another, that I that I hadn't watched it all the way through. Um, 
but yeah, certainly I remember it being on. And then uh, I think it did some, I want to say like TBS or TNT or some sort of like, I was in middle school, it would be on, you know, in the middle of the night when a basic cable run. Yeah. You're 13 yeah. and you're not going anywhere. Um, but yes, also same Z's. I had not seen it start to finish and, and it was not about what I thought it was about. <laughs> <laughs> also the whole of my Christina Ricci fandom. Cause I went to yeah. a very hard Christina Ricci stage. You did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, it's true. Good time. It'd be interesting to see if what you thought it was is what I thought it was, or if we had different ideas about what it was. Were we wrong yeah. in the same way or not? I am on the edge of my seat. I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we get into truly what it's about, um, I would like a little more background. Tobin, could you give us two bits of film history, please? No one has done the definitive oral history of mermaids, which I really would. Now that I've seen the movie, I would love to hear the an oral history of this movie. I, I couldn't find much about it. Um, so the two things that I do have, the two bits of film history I have, is that there were two other directors who were originally attached to the movie. One was Lasse Hallstrom, and the other was Frank Oz. Um, uh, better known as uh, Miss Piggy Yoda and the director of In and Out. Um, and uh, both of them apparently wanted darker versions of the story, um, especially Lasse Hallstrom, I, I think. Um, and so uh, they ended up um, uh, going with Richard Benjamin instead. Um, and there, an actor, a British actor named Emily Lloyd was first cast as Charlotte, but was recast with Ramona Ryder to, so that she would, the, the rumor goes, so she would look more like Cher. Um, uh, then there was a lawsuit by Emily Lloyd that like she sued the oh. production for $150,000 because she was, you know, Let go. thrown out and like they settled the case. And added. so anyway, there's all, there's so, there's drama behind the scenes of this movie. Um, but I will say, I'm, I'm really glad Winona Ryder was cast because I think that the three of these actors look, do look and act. It's such good chemistry between these three yeah. um, that I think it's a great, it's a great, I'm glad that's where they landed. Uh, I also heard that like, Frank Oz was like, um, like not getting along with Cher and Winona Ryder. Really? <laughs> and, yeah, and I was like, I keep thinking back to him in American Werewolf in London and how like his like voice kind of took me out of that film, and I could just see him like, Cher, really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Be reasonable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. I wonder if he ever directs as Miss Piggy, uh, yeah. you know, or Yoda, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. It might have been better for him. Oh. I want, I want a um, commentary track that way. <laughs> yes, yes, the commentary track as as Miss Piggy. Um, Island. Speaking of these wonder, the wonderful actors in this movie, could you tell us who uh, are some of the ladies in charge, women involved in major roles in Mermaids? Happy to. As we have mentioned, actors share. Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci. Writers, June Roberts. And a novel by Patty Dan. Producers, Lauren Lloyd and Suzanne Rothbaum. Editor, Jacqueline Cambus. Art director, Evelyn Sackish. And costume design, Merritt Allen. 
All right. So, Tobin, what is on the back of the VHS tape when you go to rent it in the convenience store? Well, I I haven't looked at this since I wrote it at midnight last night, so let's see how I did. Mermaids follows the often comic misadventures of single mother Rachel Flax, played with considerable charisma by Cher, and her two daughters, neurotic adolescent Charlotte, played by Ronona Ryder, and goofball kid sister Kate, a pre-Casper Christina Ricci. Rachel, who moves the family at the drop of a hat, usually after her latest misbegotten relationship sours, takes the girls from Oklahoma to Eastport, Massachusetts, where the family falls in with quirky shoe salesman Lou, played by the ever-odd Bob Hoskins. Rachel wrestles with her newfound stability as Charlotte chafes against her own desires for the local hottie. In the end, everybody needs to grow up just a little bit and learn to accept themselves, each other, and the good things that sometimes really do come our way. Well, that's very sweet. <laughs> What's well, a sweet movie? It is a sweet movie. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, Aizen, what did you think this movie was about? That's a great question. I I think I had a couple of different things. I I didn't realize, so I hadn't watched enough of it to know that it was through um, the Winona Ryder voiceover, which I don't always love, but in this case, I loved. <laughs> I thought it was so uh, authentically 15 and in that well i think at any point in our lives we can be um guilty of this but this like where i am right now is i know what is we know i know what's black and white i know i know all the things certainty yeah yes they're they're earnest sincere certainty of it um so i think i thought it was about like share in her affairs probably is is where I, and I could have also gotten it mixed up with other like share vehicles at the time. And then if you kind of match it up against um, like the turn back time video, that was, I think that was like 89, 88, 89. And so there was like share was very flashy and like on the edge of appropriate from my <laughs> like baby perspective and from, you know, I would have been concerned constantly that I would have gotten a blanket thrown over my head while watching this movie with mom, which is probably why I didn't, honestly. And I, I don't know. I mean, I would have certainly a couple of times, but I don't know that it merits having a blanket thrown over my head. <laughs> right, right. Um, especially compared to other things that were on. That you did watch, yes. Pretty Woman over and over Cocktail again. Cocktail um, yeah. So sorry. So um, we were outing mom. Um, but yeah, so I think I thought it was about like, share and men probably what did you think so if i were if you would ask me what is mermaids about before i watched it i would have said it's about share and i didn't remember that there who the who played the daughters but i knew there were two daughters and i would have said i think it's a musical not like 
like a like a like a musical where she's a singer in the movie and she dresses okay. like a mermaid and then does a show like burlesque like burlesque in a small town i would have said burlesque in a small town but my pitch yeah. for mermaid okay but i would also watch now. that movie yeah, yeah, so yeah country so burlesque like yes. yeah i'm on board for that okay so i'm gonna write this down now and then we can all work on this together i think a, a country burlesque <laughs> uh, burlesque Yes, would be would be would be great. So anyway, that's I think that's what I would have thought it was. Um, and I and I remember there's I remember there being a bathtub scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's all I would have known. And I and I would have said I would have guessed that it was a movie that would uh, play on uh, like if it was out today, it would play on cable or be a streaming movie. Yeah, like it had and yeah. that was that sort of sense of it. Yeah, like a, you know. So. Um, uh, I was in some ways very far off and in some ways uh, a little closer. I was also delighted to find Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci in this movie yeah. uh, as well. And I thought, I agreed that I thought the voiceover is wonderful in this movie. It's, it's um, to hear her in the moment wrestle with her desires as she's or, or other things too, but specifically that stuff I think worked, worked really well. well how was, how does the voiceover work for you, Lenny? Oh, I, I love Winona Ryder no matter what. Anyway, Winona Ryder was like my first like big crush like in yeah. high school. <laughs> so I was yeah. kind of already like in love with her. But um, I really think that this is one of my favorite like Winona Ryder voiceover ones because she's so she's so neurotic. But you can I don't know. I don't know how to describe how it makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. Like I feel yeah. like even watching it as an adult today, like I still feel like that was what I was going through when I was fifteen. Yeah, it, it comes across as truly authentic, as you're both saying. Like it feels very, very. It doesn't feel like a person writing, like imagining what a fifteen year old mm-hmm. voiceover is. It feels like a fifteen year old voice, fifteen year old yeah. voiceover. We get the legit yeah, teen girl gaze. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely yeah, totally. and i love the i i particularly resonate with the stop talking stop talking now or like don't say that <laughs> yeah. um those were those were great moments i still do that to myself like and why are you saying that um so that was yeah i thought like like you said to when all all um when we were first when I mentioned the names, like the chemistry between the three of them is so lovely. And I love that that's how it ends, not to go all the way to the end, but we're not really a revealing podcast anyway. But the um, scene of the, the three of them in the kitchen after they've sort of figured out a few of those things you mentioned well, the, uh, in the yeah. in the synopsis, synopsis um, that they've, they're listening to each other in a different way, but but that kind of camaraderie has been mm-hmm. all the way through. So yeah, that was very sweet. Very sweet. So Tobin, as a giant share fan and Lenny, I don't know where share rates on your divas list. Um, oh, and so like I, I would love to know. Way up here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So for, so either of you then how, how was this flavor of share for you? Yeah, well, Let's start I... with Lenny because you've been with it for a long time and then we'll get the fresh take from Tobin. Yeah. Well, if I could turn back time, <laughs> I would have to say. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Flax is like really, really awesome. And I really love the way that her character kind of destabilizes like the monstrous mother trope that we usually have going on when we have the 
the the Madonna type character, and then we have like the older and old equals evil like mother, mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be bad, but she like ultimately isn't. She's actually kind of a good mom through this entire film, and she kind of tackles that like idea of getting older and. Um, you start losing your sexuality and you become like bad in some way. And, uh, but my favorite part about her is like her insistence on making all of her food phallic. (laughs) (laughs) It's all cocktail party ready. Yeah. Like she totally like puts everything on these big long skewers. And then also there's a point where she cuts up a bagel that, um, What's his name brings over? I cannot think of his name Bob right Haskin. now. Yeah, yeah, Bob Haskin. Yeah. He brings over a bagel and which is, you know, is shaped like and so she actually takes that and cuts it up and puts it on a skewer. And he's like, I've never seen anyone treat a bagel like that. <laughs> like, oh, that is so subtle, but so good. I no surprise, I find Cher immensely charming in this movie uh, um i mean i just i should say i'm charmed by her i there's a there's a i sometimes forget yes even i what a fantastic actor she is um the public persona so often overshadows the performance the a lot yeah not, not, not for, like just in general just like culturally i think when you say share i think you know do you believe like i i I go to the music, I go to the fashion, I go to the, you know. Celebrity. The celebrity. And then you watch this or Silkwood or, you know, uh, Mask or whatever. And she's so good. Like she's really, they're, they're, she's truthful. Mm-hmm. She, she's such yeah. a truthful actor, which is funny because her her like performative side, like even on the Sonny and Cher show, it, it doesn't feel truthful. It feels like I'm, mm-hmm. look, look at what I'm doing. I am performing for you. And then she gets in these movies and she just inhabits these, like Moonstruck. She just inhabits these roles. Um, and she does that here in such a delightful way where she is, you know, owning herself, like, this is just who I am, mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And, but, and, and is able to like fight with Bob Hoskin, fight with Lou, but not like, I don't like you anymore. Just like, no, we're fighting now. That's what we're doing. We're fighting now. This is what we do, you know? And like, there, there's, there's, there's something that's so refreshingly authentic about her that she can handle, bo- that she can do both the like quips, the one liners, as well as then that the emotional beats at the end where she's, where she's really struggling to understand, to come to terms with what's happened between Charlotte and her sister and all of that stuff. And I just think, I just think she's wonderful. I think the movie works in large part because of the three of them, especially because of her. Mm-hmm. Aislinn, what did you think of Cher? No, I didn't see that. I, <laughs> I, I really liked it. And so I'm not anti-Cher in any way, but in terms of like, who's a Cher fan, I think Tobin would raise his hand first, likely. <laughs> um, but I... So I was thinking about it in the movie, which kind of isn't fair, really. Um, But what I was impressed with was how, because as a character, Rachel is very stylized, purposefully, right? I mean, she has, she's the type of person who would say, I got to put my face on, I think, or, you know, she's got to get up, she's got a, she's got a thing and she's, and, and I, I, I feel like I could see that she's kind of always 
well, the story I'm telling myself is that she's always been that way. And that that's why then she has these two awesome kids who are like, go full throttle at whatever they're passionate about because she's demonstrated that. She's like, that. this yeah. is me. I'm going to my own, be my own drummer. Blah. Um, but so I was struck a little bit by that she is sort of so stylized, but also seemed like a real person at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what came to mind just for the close was the um, was Little Shop of Horrors, which I have seen since I was a very, very small child. And that, like, that character, Audrey, is, like, mm-hmm. more, in my mind, a caricature. But, like, they have the same wardrobe, mm-hmm. right? Well, same, <laughs> same costume designer. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, so it may be um, some of the same work. It may be some of the same things. Um, but so I, I think it it takes a certainly an actor, but also a strong character. Yeah. Um, to be able to be so stylized and so real at the same time. Hundred percent. Yeah. Which yeah. Liked, which I liked. Christina Ricci. Yeah. I don't know how to say like how impressed I was. I also sort of have a thing. I don't know. I don't always find child actors charming when I'm supposed to. Because <laughs> I'm a bad person. Um, but it, I thought she was perfection. And I I, I read, um, tell me if you're getting that squeaky toy. I apologize. I just read, right. it was quiet. Um <laughs> I, I read through something that she got some sort of young artist award um, f- for this, but she's just so like, she's so good okay. in everything. Yeah. And oh, even, yeah. even playing drunk, mm-hmm. when she's hiccuping and laughing. Like yeah. I just, I didn't expect to like that scene and I loved it. She was just yeah. so truly a child she also reminded me a little bit of my niece i don't know tobin if you agree or picked that up but in some of the the questions back and just being so like she has her own thing and she's very much like in her own world but you can't get anything past her right Right. if she's in the room for something she's absorbing it like a sponge and she can ask a question and be right in there in a way that's a little disarming um (laughs) and so that very much reminded me of of my niece of like oh yeah we can't nothing's gonna get past this one yeah i loved it so as uh people with kids yes um i I don't know what did you think of christina ricci as a playing a little girl as a little girl well, I have one or two kids, um, six actually. <laughs> I have six kids, uh, and I find um, in in the context of this film, uh, drunken children seem to be delightful. Um, <laughs> but um, my favorite are her facial expressions, like when she's talking to her sister, and her sister says something like totally lame. She's just like. Okay, I'm moving on from that end. Uh, and then also, like, when her mom's, like, talking, like, her facial reactions are, like, what a kid would do when their mom yeah. is speaking to them. And you don't always get that, I think, with child actors. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a performance. It feels like she's really just living in these moments in, mm-hmm. these, in yeah. the scene. Yeah. This was her first movie. Um, she'd been in TV before. Oh. 
Um, but this is her first her first movie role, and um, uh, yeah, she's she's what a find. What I mean, a first movie. <laughs> what a yeah. first movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, her, her, you know, she, the next year she did Adam's family, mm-hmm. like she jumps right into, you know, uh, in, into that kind of filmmaking after this. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty, it's kind of a remarkable, remarkable career, remarkable start to it, but yeah, she's so natural in this movie. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving all the, anytime, any, any of the three of them. And you know, the another thing the movie does nicely is it gives each of the three main characters time with each other. Like you get to see them all individually with each other at different points. Yeah. And so it's like fully exploring the the connective tissue between all these characters too. And and um you know the or even when they're all three together, there's one moment um uh at the at some point in the last third of the movie and um Cher is uh she's having some issues with Lou and the girls are both working at his store mm-hmm. and she's in there and talking to Lou and to and asking if Lou can have dinner, you know, make dinner for the kids and yeah. she's talking to Kate. And then as she walks out, she says, something to Charlotte is like nice if pleasure yeah, is all lovely talking with him. Yeah. Well, Who's, because she's not said a word like the teenager is not is pissed at her and is not said not even looked right. at her the whole time she's in the scene and yeah. the, the movie so deftly handles all of those relationships back and forth with mm-hmm. one another in, in a way that feels pretty seamless that that is um, I know is a lot harder to do than the movie makes it look I actually read a fan theory about this a couple months back and I can't remember quite what it all was but it was about how this film mermaids is a um take like a sarcastic take on the little mermaid and how mrs flax is supposed to be like the sea queen and how charlotte is the little mermaid and it's like kind of um yeah like like a sarcastic play on that like a feminist reading of the little mermaid wild that's oh, wild funny. i have to think about that huh interesting i love, I love that yeah, i love that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> me yeah. too and yeah. i was like i noticed it because i hadn't watched it in quite some time and i watched it today and i hadn't really thought about it but last night while i was recording another podcast about on sex scandals uh we uh, we um actually talked about the little mermaid and i i could I can see it. Like I can totally, I think I'm going to have to deep dive deep into that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that feels like it's worth a dive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't, I don't know. I feel like I have more things to say about Winona Ryder. I don't know why. Yeah, we please. Um, uh, the, it, Winona Ryder, I'm probably less of an automatic Winona Ryder fan. It sounds like than the, than the two of you. Um, although I love her in, in things that people don't give her credit for. I think she's wonderful in, in, um, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, <laughs> I, I think she's great in a- the age of innocence, a movie that, and, and in the crucible, these movies that were in the, you know, that were some intense period pieces important yeah. to me, these period pieces in the nineties. I think she's, I think she's, she's, um, quite good in, um, this is the same year as Edward Scissorhands. I mean, these these two movies happen the same year, uh, which is uh, kind of wild. I mean, um, to, for someone to have had – how do I say this? One thing that's been remarkable to me is how many like 
important or, or, or memorable or turning point movies she has been a part of at, at, at so many sort of ages, really, um, you know, reality bites and, um, you know, Heather's, I mean, to come from Heather's, to, oh, into this, yeah. you know, like it's, 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 um, and so when I say I'm not, I'm not, don't come as an automatic fan. I don't know why, because I love all these things that she's in. So maybe I'm more of a fan than I, than I let on. But anyway, it, it's, it's kind of a wild to me that these two movies are, in the same year and there's maybe some similarity i mean she's got dark hair and it's in the north it feels like it's in new england but other yeah. than that they're pretty different roles <laughs> and there's a, a a range i don't think she gets credit for when you think about those two performances happening in the same year yeah that's a, an excellent point i just was trying to i uh was looking at my phone audience who can't see us um because then i was trying to place beetlejuice in the timeline then because that's out in 88 so sort of beetlejuice heathers and mermaids all in the same couple of years is it's quite a run yeah quite a run and that's just a just a slice of the rider pie i think um i mean but my favorite winona rider movie is not one that anyone else likes (laughs) oh what is it i was gonna say little women what's your what's your favorite oh okay oh that's tough so it's Okay, maybe tied, but yes. Um, How to Make an American Quilt. 95. It's not not a great movie, but I love it. Um, but Little Women reminded me when I was watching the, a note I took, and I'm trying to remember the scene. It was um, at some point when Winona Ryder is sort of storming back into the house that like her walk is so hmm. distinctive to me. Mm-hmm. Um that I immediately was like, oh yeah, little women. And, and then something else. Like I just knew like, oh, that's, that is how Winona Ryder storms off. And yeah. I love that I knew it. <laughs> uh, little women uh, is one of my, with Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, little women is one of my favorite movies of all time. In fact, I have a child named Joe yeah. <laughs> after Joe. Awesome. Uh, I, and I agree. I think like there's like a certain type of like, that's the way Winona Ryder storms off when Cher slaps Winona Ryder. Like that's the way Cher slaps people. <laughs> like they definitely <laughs> think that way better. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I really uh, noticed was that sh- like Charlotte is really trying not to like become her mother in this mm-hmm. film, but then she kind of is no matter what, like she's like her, insistence on being a nun is like in a way rebelling against like her mother's um, like outward sexuality Mm -hmm. but and chaos oh yeah like totally around and just so in the world and chewing it up that she wants to be as austere as possible like it yeah totally uh but the funny thing is is like it shows how close that they are alike when they're both shown reading the books right after each other and Mm -hmm. um, Charlotte is reading the book about the saints but she's reading Mm -hmm. about these women who are like being like fed to wolves and uh, are like self-flagellation or like all of these other and then it shows Cher in the bathtub and Cher is reading Peyton's place Mm-hmm. Uh, and the scene where she actually goes in to talk to her mom and Peyton's place is about like these three women who are like also going through some stuff, you know, it's, but it's like kind of the same level of like 
um, grotesque like amusement in mm-hmm. like women's lives, like both the both of them. Uh, but then Charlotte goes into the bathroom to talk to her mom, and we have kind of a confessional yes. scene happening with her going into the bathroom, and she's sitting on the other side of the shower curtain, and her mom's sitting in there waiting for her to talk, and she wants to unburden herself to her mm-hmm. mother. Uh, and it's really funny because she's so insistent on being Catholic, and this is a Jewish family, and you know, <laughs> yeah. like to see this scene was like really kind of weird but cool at the same time mm-hmm. i think yeah no i i loved that because i i i clocked the confessional as well but i sort of thought of it as they had both backed into it because you know uh, i mean one of i think Cher's first line is we're not we're jewish like right, right. yeah um and and so charlotte is so that was interesting to me as well having grown up catholic of like oh, people are fascinated by this from the outside, which has occurred to me in the past, but like occurred to me fresh here in the same Mm -hmm. way that I, you know, read about, well, a lot of super conservative religion stuff um, in grad school. But like I read about, um, you know, the FLDS movement as interesting and something that I am not at all familiar with. And so I, when that happened, I, Clearly, it was purposeful in the film, but I felt like for the characters, right. they may have been oblivious to that, you know, because it's not either truly either of their home environment. Yeah. Right. right, right. But I, right. I, I, I loved it through the through current, and then that she can't say anything. Oh. Yeah, she she wants to unburden herself, but she can't. But also, like she doesn't know how really. Yeah. Right. When it comes down to it, uh, I also want to start a band called bathtub confessionals (laughs) (laughs) well that's a great it's a great scene and that that was part of a kind of a question or something that i don't know it's not a criticism of the movie but like a criticism of them is i was and maybe maybe it's the chapter of their lives that we're seeing but i was surprised that in that share household where um kind of all they have is each other and they they're banded together and this and that, that there wasn't more kind of truthful conversation. So whether it's the story of kind of the true story of Cher's marriage or even, I mean, don't get me started on the visit to the gynecologist and how <laughs> terrible yeah. that is. But like, yeah, there's a lot in there to unpack, but just even that they hadn't had like a frank conversation about sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Right. That to me felt weird for what I understood share shares persona to be. But I think it's that like cultivated. This is what I'm like, but but like not the follow through. I don't know. It felt to me like for both like they're they're both of the characters are um, uh, defensive mm-hmm. and that Cher's defense is to put herself out there as a way not to have to put herself out there. Like she's, she, she wants you to know she walks into the room, yeah. but because she doesn't really want to have a, <laughs> she doesn't want to have the conversation. Right. And um, the performative nature of, I guess it's not just performative, but there is a performative side to the Catholicism that Charlotte is adopting yeah. that is her way of keeping mm-hmm. 
the world at bay because she's scared of herself and who she is, like everybody, like people, because they're people. Um, and so it, I think that if you asked Mrs. Flax, how, like, are you upfront, open with your kids about sex? She'd say, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because she hasn't had the, oh, I'm actually going to talk to you about being a person in a intimate relationship with other people. And you know what I mean? Yeah. The mechanics yeah. of it, the emotional side of it in a real direct way. She's like, no, I'm just open with it. And so it's, yeah. it's, I, I think that's a, such an interesting um, etching of that, of the, these characters that they're not, neither of them are quite what they seem and what they are presenting doesn't sort of match up with one another too. Well, I mean, I think I, I agree that I, that she would definitely say that she is open about sex with their kids, but at the same time, she's taught Charlotte to drive, to drive early. And so she mm-hmm. like clearly wants her to have like, a form of freedom but until Mm -hmm. she's old enough to have that freedom she needs to be a part of because shares like basically everything is like on her terms and the second Mm -hmm. that something isn't on her terms that is uh she she leaves that uh, she actually moves on i think she's right yeah right 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 but then at the end of the movie she actually has a bit of a character arc when she sits down with charlotte and they have that heart to heart and then she's like i guess it's too late to talk to you about that right right so the fact that she had thought about that like later on but it still taught her daughter to drive like early like shows just kind of like the but she also says i don't know what i'm doing sometimes Mm -hmm. and i think that's Mm -hmm. important too because Mm -hmm. as a parent like i for sure don't know what i'm doing most of the time who the hell knows (laughs) adult children and i was just glad that they like you know are functional adults (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. There is a there is self-reflection there for and I think it's one of the things that endears me so much to the Cher character is that she there is there is so much to her. It's not just one thing. It's it is all of yeah. these things, these contradictions, and that she's uh that she voices it to her daughter. And it ends up being, as you said, she ends up being a she's like, she's, just, she's a pretty great mom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, parenting is hard enough. Being a kid is uh, uh, two parents is hard enough. It, it, nothing is is you know smooth and perfect and like sitcom ready, right? Like it's messy. Being in relationships with other people is messy. Yeah, and that's one thing that the movie the movie really does explore. For as kind of um, gl- glossy is not the right word because it's actually it, it's not a glossy movie, but for as easy listening as the movie yeah, is, sort of palatable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is it, for his basic cable, and I don't mean that in a pejorative, just as a as a as a descriptor. It it it, it, it is getting at some sort of messiness about being in relationships with within your family and outside your family, and I think that that's kind of refreshing. Yeah, Iceland, what do you think of Bob Hoskins in this movie? Oh my God, Bob Hoskins! I Iceland and Bob Hoskins and I go way back. <laughs> So there's a movie <laughs> called Felicia's Journey. That's a really weird, weird movie that Tobin and I saw in theaters um, starring Bob Hoskin. And he abducted young women, young pregnant women. Yeah, I, in this case, but, a young I, a pregnant mm-hmm. Irish girl yeah. who's headed off to find yeah. her father for child. Yeah. Um, it's a weird, weird, weird movie. So weird. And Tobin the- sent me a, like a picture of it, a meme of it. 
and I hadn't yet watched Mermaids. And so <laughs> I was just like, yeah, crazy. Like, I didn't remember, like, what the point of that was. Um, we should say, if I could interject quickly. Yeah. So I, I took Island to a lot of movies over the years that um, no one else would go to me, go with me to. Um, And this is for sure. This was for sure. One of those, Um, but it has become kind of a a pre before there were memes. This was a meme, you know, for us us. that we would, because he says Felicia in this movie, Felicia's journey. So it became a code word for us for all Ah. kinds of things. Um, And Bob Hoskins, that's, I don't think Roger Rabbit. See, I, don't think I Mona do Lisa. think Roger Rabbit, though. I, I think Felicia's Journey. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't, but anyway, um, uh, Bob Hoskins. So I came into it with Felicia's Journey, Roger Rabbit, like right there. And I thought Lou was a damn delight. I I was impressed. And I know that there's a much larger body of work that I'm missing. Um, I, I know like he's a celebrated actor. Uh, but... But I really, I really liked him in this. I loved how the character was, you know, at first, like, fascinated and sort of bewitched by her as she intends, is my perception. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like, is in it to win it and wants to do the work that at first she's not going to do or or gets really defensive about... um, you know, that the scene after he makes dinner for them and they, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's to the other three, it is a, it's a nice family dinner scene. And Cher is like, what did I walk into? This is, you've She's taken my horror, family horror yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff. Um, I love that he gets upset and, and then like walks away i don't know i just i liked the way lou handled that um Mm -hmm. i like that lou hung on um and but also didn't just let it be rachel's terms which i it sounds like what we've been told but we've also been told mostly through winona writer's perspective is that like the mom messes something up or you know, it's a married man and the wife finds out or whatever. Like we're sort of led to believe it's Cher's fault in, in the other 17 mm-hmm. times they've moved. And right. um, of course we know things are likely messier than that, but I, um, I, I was charmed. I was surprised at how charming I found <laughs> Lou in this movie for sure. Certainly. Yes, I would say the only charming man in this movie. Um, <laughs> Lenny, what do you like, think? That's purposeful, though, I think, that, that he's the only charming man in this movie. Sure. I mean, she's this is Charlotte's story, and so this is the way that Charlotte sees her mom, and this is the way that Charlotte sees Lou. And Lou has been kind to her mm-hmm. and has been... I don't know if they would have made the same character arcs if Lou hadn't been there because he was there with Cher being like, haven't you ever done anything to anyone just to be nice? Uh, You know, this is your kid. He's the one who goes and picks her up after she runs away. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the one who's there for her. He's the one who calls her to tell Mm -hmm. her that Kate is okay. And you could tell that he legitimately like cared for for her. And so I think that that his place in the story and his like kindness in the story is important to uh, Wynonna's character, Charlotte. And it's important um, 
more important than any of the other men mm-hmm. because I've been led to believe that the other men in her life have been just like poo-pooed away by her mother. So, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also I get that Charlotte's kind of a, a daddy's girl, but like in this weird other way, like she's not a m- mommy's girl, mm-hmm. but in like, she has God like in right. her, in, in the yeah. place of father of her yeah, father. Yeah. And then like Lou kind of takes over that a little bit, like mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. I, I, I can so see that now that now that you said that I hadn't quite put it that way. I think that Lou is a, it's a great bit of casting. Um, I think he's I agree. He's super charming uh, in a, such an odd way, yeah. but in a way yeah. that exact and exactly in the way that that Rachel, that Cher's character needs, like someone who's going to throw her off balance a little bit. But be but be full of integrity mm-hmm. and call her on stuff when she needs to be called on stuff, but back her up anytime you know she needs it. And yeah, I, I just I, I the other thing I love about their relationship and the way it's depicted here is that they come into a relationship really quickly. Like this is not a movie about Cher moving to this town and having a will she won't she with the local shoe salesman. Like the, she basically picks him up. Or they pick each other up right away and then are in a relationship. And that the, the movie then is about Charlotte and her relationships. And, but also like in terms of, uh, uh, of Cher and um, Bob Hoskins is about how will this work out for them? Like it becomes right. about the messy parts yeah. of that and not just the meet cute. And then how long is it going to be till they, till they, you know, yeah. actually start seeing each other. I, I sort of interpreted it as like, she went into it very quickly and casually because casually. that was her pattern right. and yeah. that she hadn't intended for it to be life-changing or family-changing or any of that but right. he's um right he's not fought but he's back Lou. but um <laughs> but yeah he he got her Lou well Amazing kind, man. I mean, but like obviously she had to have fallen for people to have enough emotion to like want to get away from them uh, in in others, but the thing that bothers me about Lou, and when you were talking, Tobin, you made me remember this. But Lou is a single, like he's a bachelor. He owns this shoe shop in the the house above it, or the apartment above it. Uh, but he's like, when they very first meet, I'm going to, or I'll see you at the parent teacher conferences tonight. But, but he doesn't, doesn't have, kids. have any kids. His kids yeah. are grown up and out of the house. Like, why is he going to the parent teacher conference? That would out too. But I thought it was because it's a small town. I pictured like the open house night at the school as like That's a community like. event. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, yeah, it is weird. That is weird. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe, he does seem to they, be friends with like so many people in the community yeah. as well. Maybe there's a different name, maybe in Massachusetts, in Eastport, <laughs> in 1990 or whatever the movie takes place. There's a different name. For, there you go. Thank. That's right. Of course. Yeah. Very, very explicitly. Thank yeah. you. Uh, maybe, maybe there was a different name for. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't like individual conferences. I thought of it more as like they were having punch in a room together. Yeah. Right? Well, and was... in our small town elementary school, there was like an annual chili feed. Yeah. I there were community community events. Difficult for, the for me to think of a grosser <laughs> yeah. thing, but um, that also took place when there was a book fair going on, and so there right. it became a community thing, even though it was. Yeah started at the school um so that's why i pictured it as but i don't know yeah. you know who's not charming 
Joe. 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 You rec- yeah. Do you recognize Joe? Yes, of course. He's Jake Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. However, okay, this is a different podcast. I don't know how to reconcile this in that there are aspects of 16 Candles, having watched it recently, that I'm like, oh, that's funny, or that's interesting, or that's this. And yet, as a whole, I'm never going to say it holds up because it's so offensive. In so many ways. In so many ways, including jake ryan so i i may have come into it with a bad attitude um (laughs) i also have watched wild hearts can't be broken a bunch of times and i'm not a horse person well (laughs) more unicorns really um but so i've seen him around he's very much to me like um he reminds me of what am i trying to say I don't know. It left my brain. I'm sorry. But um, I came into it with kind of a bad attitude about him because of his other work. Oh, but as a human, quit acting and is a woodworker. So great. It's not his fault. But um, but it. I don't know. He just bothered me the whole time. And it, it includes, last thing I'll say, is um, one of my big movie pet peeves is like zero to 60 intercourse. Uh And so that again, not his fault, but also he knows how old she is. He know, like he know he knows all of these things. And I, not only is that illegal, uh, I found it really irresponsible and gross. Yeah. Lenny, what'd you think of of, uh, Joe? Uh, well, okay, so I have no idea who the actor is who plays Joe. This is like the only time I could think of seeing him. But also, I grew up on a reservation, and so I didn't really have access to like just go seeing movies. We had a small trailer where we could go in and pick out a couple of like the very top movies that came out that month. Right, right. Uh, so, but like as a person in the film, I absolutely agree. Like he is just a crap person. He kisses her mom and he doesn't even like care. He doesn't like apologize for it. Like oh. the only time he looks like maybe because he doesn't have any emotions throughout the entire thing. The only time he might have an emotion is when he feels bad that Kate's in the hospital, but he doesn't like even like you think somebody in that situation would be angry. Like you've left your little sister <laughs> drunk by the river right. or anything, yeah. but he doesn't. He's just like, good. Everything's good. I'm out of here. And, <laughs> and I don't know if he's meant to be like a, like sad hermity guy who like missed an opportunity. And I'm thinking, thinking of Harry Connick Jr. Tobin in Hope Floats. Cause I'm always yes. thinking of Harry Connick Jr. Sure you are. <laughs> and that like, you know, this guy who's always been around town and sort of has missed his shot to get out, but there's just nothing. Like I learned that a little bit from other people, but there's nothing that he brings to it. He's just a creepy guy. He's just a predator in this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think also, like, he's just, I think, like, that's how, like, she sees, like, the men in her life. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you just are that, you, you come in, you come out, whatever. And even when her mom asks her at the end, she's like, what do you think about him leaving? What do, we, what do you think about Joe leaving? And she's like, right. 
eh, it is what it is. Like she's yeah. just like okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it feels a little bit like she he reflected through Charlotte's eyes. Joe is what she thinks of all her mom's a lot of her mom's partners. And if that's the model she's used to, whether it's the however close to reality that might be, if that's the model that she imagines or that she's that she has interpreted, then that's what she pivots around in the movie, right? I mean, that's yeah. and what's what's neat is that the Lou character is this other model that she's like, you know, learning. I just don't think he's a very good actor. Like, I, I, I think in addition to these issues with the what's the way he's written and. He's just he's sort of plot function and not much yeah. else, yeah. which is you know, fine. Like, but but also that there's there's I mean I should say at best he's just plot function, but I don't think he's giving he doesn't give yeah. anything to me. I'm not getting anything, you know, yeah. from in a way that we're we're like yeah. Bob Hoskins is overflowing with characterization. Yeah, you know, so and it grosses and I, me out that he drives drives the school bus too like he's a predator and he's driving the school bus like what? i didn't just think about that until you said that just now i was like oh <laughs> ew. Yeah. Ew. Ew. i don't know I, I i and so for this guy um i i think that the jake ryan character is similar in that it's a plot function it's yep. it's the person to be infatuated with and and, and a predator and a predator who yeah. facilitates an assault um, mm-hmm. in the film. Not talking about that movie. No. Uh, so I, I just for his, I don't know, dignity, if he's listening here somewhere, I don't think it's all his fault. I think he um, sort of uh, perhaps falls victim to uh, that thing that Rob Lowe likes to talk about where he was like too pretty. <laughs> To you know, be given mm-hmm. a good chance, and so I, I haven't seen all eight of his movies. I've only <laughs> seen these three or four, um, so I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time shitting yeah. on him as an actor. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, Lenny, when you say that like he's he's she views him as like the other the men in her mother's life. Where yeah, like okay, love him and leave him. That's how it's supposed to happen. So once they've consummated their relationship, then then there's no point. Like she doesn't have a model of like the relationship part. Also, because she's a child, she hasn't seen that either. Right. I actually like like that though. Like in other, in films where like a woman character is brought in just to fulfill that part and leave, like people don't even think twice about it. Sure. But like he's brought in in this film and is just used and then gone. And it's like, oh oh no. (laughs) I think with the the age dynamic were different. You know, oh, yeah. then then I would see that more as an equivalent thing. I don't know. I just I also don't understand shares like from the beginning. Like, hey, he's cute. Like he's twenty six and your daughter's fifteen and cute as a button. Twenty six right. and, and then she's sort of like pushing. I felt like yeah. she was pushing Charlotte towards him. I also she's... felt like her kiss with him was just New Year's and attention and wanting to feel attractive oh, yeah. and whatever else. Like it wasn't about him. No, um, it was it was convenient that he was there because she was having the, the issue with Lou at that, that moment. Yeah, like, yeah, like, bur- um, Burn things to the ground is what she's in, in the mood to do. Oh yeah, yeah. and again, point. he's just 
kind of there to do he's just kind of there to be what they need him to be at that moment but um at the beginning she's like uh 26 and cute as a button maybe you're you know old enough to date him and then charlotte's like maybe or if i'm old enough then maybe you're too old and i think that that was kind of uh like push towards like when um do you like enter into like the sexuality phase of your life and when do you exit it? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of thinking about like what those stages look like. And in this case, age is just a number, which Charlotte is definitely too young. I yeah. think she definitely should have been older to make that point. <laughs> uh, but I could see her trying to push her mother out of, out of that stage of her life. Right. Yeah. And also not wanting to be, I don't, I don't know where, competition comes in but Mm. but you know i i don't i don't know i was thinking especially when um when both the daughters were waiting to see the halloween cost or the new year's eve costume um and that that was such a cute moment and christina ricci is like banging on the door and that was super cute but just the architecture of it all in that moment i was like oh gilmore girls is also about mother and daughter blah 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 and my mind like went that way and and this was very different for a number of reasons, but but in that like young mother with a young daughter that are, you know, close socially or whatever, there's never a sort of we're both after the same guy. Like th- yeah. their sexualities did not overlap <laughs> in how it was presented. And so it would this was just an interesting that the way in which Cher was objectifying Joe and kind of pointing her daughter towards him, but also, I don't know, it feel I don't know what I'm trying to say. I felt like she sort of wanted that kind of, she wanted to kiss him to prove that she could kind of thing. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, I could see that being part of the dynamic there. Like if it hadn't happened there on New Year's Eve, there might've been another time she would have done it to prove she, to, like you said, to reassert herself as a, Sexual as much being. as she doesn't yeah. agree with Charlotte's fascination with Catholicism, it does sort of keep her sexuality at bay on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's um, terrified of her yeah. sexuality through the entire thing. She's like, oh, I think Cher is terrified of Charlotte as well. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Uh, which is why she didn't have the talk with her. Uh, sure. Because, right. Because it's hard. Know. Yeah. Right, and right. why she went with her daughter wanting to be a nun for so long, because yeah. then she doesn't have to talk to her right, about it. Deal with it. Right, well, right. hopefully they've all learned some lessons so that Kate can <laughs> end yeah. her adulthood in a smooth way. I don't know. I just, I love Kate. <laughs> Kate who drowned and now has hearing trouble. Oh, I, know. And, I mean, like, But still gets Kate, in that pool. Kate who seems to be... <laughs> I mean, we don't know a lot because she is so young, but she seems to have the she has the potential to have the right parts of both Mm. Charlotte and Rachel with Lou's sort of whatever Lou brings to the the Lou and Kate kind of. They seem like kindred spirits. Um, they do. They do, right? Like, they, they feel like the, the, the glue that's coming together is sort of bringing, in terms of their family dynamics. I mean, mm-hmm. there's interesting stuff that uh, we've kind of touched on before where Lou is doing 
what he sees as normal family things. Like this is what a family yeah. does. We sit down, and have dinner together. And they're all like scattered all over. I mean, uh, Kate's sitting in the, on the sink with her plate and, you know, Cher's standing up and Winona, and he's like, don't we sit down? We sit down and eat as a family. And he's, he's modeling for all of them in that way. Yeah. But it does feel like Kate's the most receptive to it. Maybe yeah. is, is, is what it is. For sure. Oh, fine. Yeah, and that's a that's a fun that's a it's a fun, fun dynamic. If we if we put aside the idea that he may be going to parent teacher conferences <laughs> to, to score with but, with locals, I, yeah, I, I assumed to pick up moms like single moms, <laughs> which I mean he succeeded. That's exactly what he did. It so, yeah, is, yeah. It, is it any different if if it's just for share, like that he wouldn't yep. have gone otherwise? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. He's uh, really comfortable with it. He's like, he knew about it. And he's like, hey, I'll see you at the parent teacher the coach of something. Maybe. Baseball, like probably. He's or... really into baseball. Yeah, he's a local <laughs> yeah, he business really owner. So maybe he's sponsors something. I don't know. That makes sense. I'm a Lou but apologist all of a sudden. I'm going to go with it. I like it. I adore Lou in this. That was just the only thing where I was like, hmm. Yeah, that that could have taken the, the it could have been a re- rewrite on that on that <laughs> yeah just make it a potluck a yeah. school potluck yeah a PTA or like a yeah like a community event the chilly night the carnival yeah. the carnival yeah yeah anything else stand out that we need to discuss before we before we move on are, are there places other parts of the movie that really worked or really didn't work are there scenes that that mm. you need to mention mm, oh, I can um, see oh, innocence yeah. is last. The innocence is last scene where JFK um, is shot and then uh, she's like coming to a place in her life where she's like remembering uh, or she's like coming to a place in her life where she's lost her innocence. And then that's the point where everything starts to go like downhill for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really when it comes to like teenage like stories like this that mm. innocence and last moment is always like my favorite like part because I know things are going to get crazy like right after that <laughs> yeah. but like she's it kind of puts you back into where this is this story is supposed to be taking place and this is like in the 1950s like her mom is owning her sexuality in her in the 1950s and it kind of shows you like the power of like all of these characters as women in this time and place, I think. Mm, yeah. It's a, it's a great point. Yeah. It, it, it goes to show that I, you know, me not remembering that scene, like I could have thought this maybe was set in the late eighties, mm-hmm. right. Because of who they are, like how they present themselves, they feel, you know, um, uh, so contemporary of when the movie came out in a way that it's, it's remarkable to think about them in a just post fifties, kind of world yeah um do you want to play a game oh yeah yeah i i listened to this podcast and i was i was wondering what the game was going to be today okay the game today is called witch flax (laughs) so i'll give you a situation uh from a film that we've covered and you tell me which flax you would want on your team, because also I love a band of misfits. Um, so your options are Kate, Charlotte, or Rachel. Okay. Who is not in this? Because okay. he's not. No, Lou, no a Lou flax. available. I, okay. I apologize. So um, I will give a scenario. You'll each tell me which flax you would choose, and okay. the point goes to the one that convinces me. Got it. Okay. 
All right, so if you were entering a local pageant to make a point about idealized femininity, which flax would you want to join with you? This is Dumplin. This is Dumplin. Okay, okay. Boy, who would I want on my team? Hmm. Um, Lenny, do you have an idea? Oh yeah, I I, I, I was just saying what you're going. Oh, okay. Rachel is okay. on my team, like all the way, one hundred percent. Like Rachel, she um has the very first thing that happens when she has somebody in the movie, or when she moves into the new town, is she has somebody over to help her, like put on makeup. I assume because that's just how she gets her hands on some, like good cheap makeup when she moves into a new town. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. she knows like, she knows all of the people who are going to be able to help her with this. She uh, knows how to do her makeup and she's, you know, she's got a sense of style. That mermaid outfit was kicking. Rocking. Yeah. 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 God. Okay. That's a great one. So in, 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 as a way of doing a, going a different way, I'm going to say that I would have Kate, on my team in hopes that it would be a little miss sunshine sort of thing, or the, or the girl from uh, uh, Logan lucky who sings uh, whatever the John Denver song or whatever. It is. I can't remember what, but you know, at the end of Logan lucky, when she sings that song, like yeah. one of those, like the, the kid, the precocious kid kind of helping me over the finish line. In yeah. Kate was well, my second choice as well, because she knows how to perform. She's, she right. goes and swims and does stuff like that. So yeah, I get that. Both great answers. Point goes to Lenny. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. That's fair. If you were an international super spy who was evading a number of bad guys, in quotes, who would you want to drive your escape vehicle? Which flax from Haywire? Oh, my getaway car. I am going to say, okay, I, I would, I would, I would say, um, Charlotte, except I think she'd drive the speed limit. And I would say uh, Kate, but I don't know that she could reach the pedals. So I'm going to have to say that I would ask Rachel to drive me in my getaway car. Process of elimination for me. For me, uh, instantly, Rachel, uh, because she's fast in every aspect of her life. (laughs) I love it. Excellent. Uh, Though you had the same answer, I liked Lenny's better. Oh, you see what I'm up against here. Okay. If there was a monstrous force in your house inciting violence and unrest, who would you ask for help? Lou, but you wouldn't give me Lou. Here you are. <laughs> is this is this Babadook? It is. Are we yep. Babadooking? This is the okay. Babadook. I'm gonna go. I I would choose uh, Charlotte. Charlotte has read so she has a Bible right there. She's everything she needs right there. And she knows uh, she's read enough books that I'm sure she knows how to do like a little bit of an exorcism. That's a great point. If I can't have Lou, uh, I, 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 I can't top that. That's such a that's good true. answer. That's like, that, that's it. That's it. Can't top it. All right. Next up, who would you recruit for an all-female baseball team. Lou. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you're in a league of their own, and you can only have one of them. Okay. Mm. Gosh. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Kate. 
I think she's the most most athletic. Even at a tender age, she's clearly has endurance, all that swimming. Uh, and she's and she, I think, of the three of them, would be the most like eye on the ball. I'm gonna go with Miss Flax. She would be the most uh, intimidating. Ooh, that's a good point. That's good. I'm gonna take endurance over intimidation for this one because it felt like they were playing real, real baseball. <laughs> I just didn't want to get shut out here. <laughs> All right, who would you hire? to revitalize your late night talk shows writing staff from late night. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'd be tempted to say Rachel, but I think that she, I'm not sure she would be funny on, on, um, demand, demand, right? Like she's very funny off the cuff. Um, so I'm going to say Charlotte in hopes that she could harness the, um voiceover right like she has yeah. a there's a comic irony in there that if she could find a way to f hold herself as a person and channel that she'd be pr a pretty good late night comedy writer nice okay i'm gonna go with kate uh and it's solely based off of the scene where she comes barreling into the room with the pumpkin on her head i think that she would have some amazing ideas that scene is so funny that, that is so funny so good and so gross all at the same time and she falls and it makes such a thunking noise and then yeah. she lifts it up and drops it God. rachel <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh this is what i want to see in my late night shows yeah, yeah. no that's a good that's a it's a great point i don't know don't know what to tell you all right lenny gets the point for that one <laughs> there is a bonus this one's I for thought i okay. had that one but you came in and... so lenny wins the game but here's the bonus okay if you were the president-elect which flax would you give a cabinet position or other appointed place on your staff and why? In 1963 or in 2021? Uh, your choice. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to go with Charlotte. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because I think... Rachel would be too scandalous in either time, um, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. And um, because, you know, I don't I don't want to do that to poor little Kate. So I think Charlotte. Great point. Great point. Tobin? Yeah. I, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say that in 2021, I'm norms are out the window. I'm bringing Mrs. Flax in uh, to a senior a senior position. I don't know what yet, but uh, she's going to help straighten some shit out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, norm, norms be damned. Scandals, I, scandals be damned. I, I, I love that. I, I agree with you, Tobin. I also think we need more um, mothers of young children in powerful positions to re better reflect the needs of of what's going on in our world absolutely uh, although it is important to uh just to argue my case a little bit more to like lift the voices of our youth in uh, true yeah in these positions yep. as well there you go. There's, uh, there's, there's need out there that is my push to get transition team going so. But, I, but I, I, I agree, though, that it's not a fair thing to do to Kate. Let's leave Kate out. Yeah. Let's <laughs> keep Kate young and happy and just like yeah. 
Yeah, running my late night talk show. (laughs) I love it. Thank you both so much for playing my game. Oh, thanks. That's That's a blast. Now we're at the point in our podcast where we decide, is this movie progressive or regressive and share our closing thoughts? Is this movie a step forward or a step back? for fearless women in front of and behind the camera. Lenny, what do you think? Well, I'm going to share my thoughts with you right now. (laughs) (laughs) And let you know that I think that it's a really great, really, I think it's progressive. We have three women in three top roles in a film. And uh, also pushing the voice of another woman who wrote a book about this. And so Mm -hmm. I think it was progressive. Awesome. Aislinn? I'm certainly not going to argue with that. Um, I think it being, um, you know, a movie from 1990 uh, reflecting 1963 is going to have some um, gender role and in politic and dynamic that um, I roll my eyes at understanding that to be true. I also, um, love that this movie was you know the poster right is these these three women and maybe a little bob hoskins going like what Um, (laughs) and so that Cher carried this movie i think is great i also certainly the um the source material comes from a lady and so it's not regressive i I, I will give it a, a, a small step in the right direction. A tiptoe forward. <laughs> tiptoe. Just a little saddle yeah. shoe forward. Um, <laughs> so, totally. I'm going to say progressive for this reason to sort of build on what Lenny was saying. It, it Not only is do we have these three uh, women in, in the central roles, but the movie really centers their collective experience, uh, particularly the two older women, but all three of them really. And it, it, a movie that, that might otherwise divert more wholly into the Lou Rachel dynamic or the, um, you know, the Joe Charlotte dynamic uh, balances all of that. I think really nicely in terms of like staying with these women, like we're working out their relationships with each other predominantly. And I, I think that's a, this, this is a movie that snuck up on me a little bit. I, I, I had warm, warm feelings of, of for it, having never seen it, but knowing that our mom enjoyed it and like knowing it has share. And, um, but it, it, I, I found it, I found it pretty charming. This is a pretty charming movie. So uh, I'm going to say progressive. Aislinn, speaking of charming, we hope. What are we watching next? Well, next up, we've got a special treat for you coming one week early, December 22nd. Uh, we'll be covering Happiest Season. The 2020 film you can find on Hulu. Yes. Uh, a a uh, um, C- Clea Duvall directed Kristen Stewart starring uh, gay holiday romantic comedy with Mary Steenburgen and, and I can't wait. I loved uh. all those words. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. That has all the things in it. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Lenny, thank you so much for being here. Um, do you want folks to find you online to tell you how much they enjoyed hearing this or your other podcasts? Uh, no. Okay, great. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. Um, I have an awesome podcast with Charlie McCorn, another local comic 
uh, where we talk about um, social justice from like um, interesting points of view. And so that's called Social Justice Weirdos. And in December, that will be available on all your favorite streaming sources. And then I have a... um, Another podcast that I work on with my girlfriend uh, about decolonizing sexuality, and that's oh. called Ourgasm. And again, next month that should be available across all um, of your favorite streaming sites. I love it. And do you have a Twitter or anything? Uh, I am at Jalapeno Business, uh, J A L A P. I cannot remember. I, I misspelled it because it was already taken. And so I had to change the spelling of it. Uh, jalapeno B-I-Z-N-I-S-S. So it has a Z in it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Tobin, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, all one word, where I um, get real fired up about politics. And I respond to some of those stupid movie things like, What's your your you know three earliest movie memories in gifs um, and post pictures of my dog and uh, like uh, Lenny's jokes? Awesome. Yeah, I put all my best jokes on Twitter. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? And I am still reluctantly on Twitter at Sassy Nerd MT, where I consume um, other people's jokes and pictures of their dogs. You can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. A special thanks to our members who joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. Also, special shout out, hoping that Sean Flynn is feeling great and um, getting back into the world. We're, we're rooting for you, Sean. I don't know why, but we're rooting for you. Uh, we here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am Tobin Addington. I'm Lenny Peppers. I'm Islin Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. If, uh, are you off? And let me just say that again. Oh, oh, oh. I regularly takes off pieces of clothing as. I did that poorly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was being tricky and I failed. Yeah. <laughs> the microphone's backwards. Well, get that straightened out. That I, shit straightened um, out. Pull it together. It's no one's fault. Uh, but it, Uh-oh, it, what did it, I do? It, no, it fell at one oh. point when I was not... Never mind. It okay. fell, and so sometimes I have to remind it which way to turn. Okay. Got it. I'm ready now. Okay.